episode 1042 and it's the relevant podcast here in orlando i'm your host cameron strang and joining me from loverland virginia it's jesse carey hello hello from nashville tennessee artist producer mogul Derek minor what up and from austin texas author speaker and podcaster jamie ivy hey guys hey hey Derek. i didn't ask you did you win any grammys this year i know you got a couple nah not this year he's uh, like you you got enough you don't need more you don't want to get greedy Nah, so we, uh, this year, you know, I took a couple years off, so um, I was blessed to be able to kind of get some rest, but the new music that I'm working on, I'm hoping to carry home a few with that, so we'll see what happens. You there. Awesome. D- Derek, what was your Grammy stake this year, man? Like, I feel like, I know it's a broad statement, but I feel like there was a lot of interesting storylines, you know, it, some controversies. Uh, you know, I thought there was uh, the watching uh, Maverick City perform, like I, you know, the controversy around the uh, Sam Smith performance, or you know, what what was your take on the on the night in general as an artist and a Grammy winner? So um, I actually enjoyed. Uh, I didn't get to watch the whole show, but what I watched the show, I actually enjoyed it. I think that people have to understand what the Grammys is, and number one. The Grammys is it's a collective of artists that are voting on one another stuff, artists and industry people that are voting on one another's thing. So whenever an artist that you are like, yo, we're surprised that this artist didn't win nine times out of 10 is because the people that love their music either haven't registered to vote, be a Grammy voting member or uh, they didn't get the support that they should have got on the ground floor. So it's not as it's it, it, like a lot of times people are like, oh, man, well, it's just, you know, the Grammys are hating on this person. It's like, nah, it, like if you want your person to win, you have to vote like that's just how that goes. So I think some of the times it looks like people are getting stiffed. It's just because they didn't get the 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 groundswell of uh, on, on that way. Uh, as far as the performances, I, I know people are kind of spazzing over the um, Sam Smith thing, but I'm like, the name of the song is called Unholy, <laughs> and it's about <laughs> debauchery. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it's going to be risque. Like, that's what it is. And I think maybe I might be different, but I've somewhat come to the concept that America is not this Christian nation that only puts out things for Christianity. It's like, no, the Grammys is a diverse um it's a diverse group of people. So if there's an artist like Sam Smith who has a song like that that has blown up, there's clearly an appetite for that content. And the Grammys are going to put it on there as long as it doesn't violate any type of uh, any type of, you know, laws or any type of uh, uh, restrictions. Right. Censorship restrictions. So I, like for me, I'm like, I thought it was a good night. Once you pull all of the. Like a lot of our controversies are just because things aren't what we want them to be. And I think once we start realizing like, yo, it's not going to always be what we want. There's going to be some stuff. I mean, you got Unholy, but then you also had Maverick City Music perform, right? So it's like, I think the Grammys try to do a, a good job of of trying to speak to everybody's world uh, and try to give them all a little piece of the night. So, you know. The other thing too is like the conflation of, of like, 
a theatrical over the top performance depicting a version of some sort of ritual right is different than the actual ritual <laughs> right. like i saw like a lot of people like there was li- literal satan worship i'm like it was a performance like everyone there's actors or dancers i don't think they actually you know were you know supposing they were performing some actual occult ritual it's theatrics and to your point derek like the, it, it says more about i think culture and the appetite for that sort of performance than it does necessarily about the artist who's probably to a degree it's a degree of trolling it's a degree of opportunism it's a degree of artistic expression like the backlash was the intention like the yes. more people kind of pearl clutch about it the more they kind of have the desired effect. Yeah, I don't know why that people have not like Lil Nas X. Every time he's about to make a hit, every yeah. time he's about to make a hit, he's like, "Who can I incite right. to push my music to the forefront?" And he just picks on Christians. Like that's what happens. He's like, "All right, let me find out what's the thing I could do to get under their skin the most." And because a lot of a lot of Christians aren't, they take the bait. I'm not try- I mean, yeah, I'm not. I don't know what the word is. Is I don't want to say mature. I don't think mature is the word. I, maybe it's like technologically aware, nuanced, or whatever. Like we don't understand the nuances of marketing or what's going on. Like we just people just take the bait instantly, and it just shoots the song to number one mm-hmm. <laughs> because well, your fighting against it makes other people fight for it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Vice is the same thing happened with Chick Fil A. Like when people thought Chick Fil A was a uh, was being mean to to the gay community, and they were like, "We're boycotting Chick Fil A." Well, guess what? Their sales shot through the roof because mm-hmm. the people that supported Chick Fil A they bought three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten chicken sandwiches. <laughs> it's, it's it's like guys, we gotta just. <laughs> Like I, I well, literally tweeted, I said the Grammys are lit, and some guys like, oh, and then he didn't pick out Maverick City Music and say, yo, Maverick City Music was bad. He didn't pick out the the. He just picked out the one most risque thing and said, oh, you're not a Christian because you uh, are okay in this ritual. It's like, well, what if I just like Mavericks? What like what if I like that? Like you it, know it, what I mean? Yeah. Well, the, I mean, look, he's wearing plastic devil horns. I, I don't think this is an actual satanic <laughs> ritual here. I'm pretty he, got sure. his, he got it at Party City. Yeah. <laughs> he, well, got the, the other, he got it at Home Goods. Yeah. Home Goods. The other thing they too already got the like, Halloween I, stuff out. Yeah. And, and I, like, this is paraphrasing because it's been a while, but I remember reading an interview with Little Nas X after the controversy surrounding his video, which depicted him descending to hell and like seducing and killing the devil. He you know? twerked on the devil. <laughs> but, but I remember him talking CGI about devil. it and, and he felt like, you know, obviously it's well known now that, that you know, he, he's come out as uh, as gay and, you know, but he said he was conflicted about that a long time because he was told his whole life he'd go to hell. And he's like, I got a backlash and people told me I was going to go to hell. So my response was to make a video where I literally go to hell. But in my version, I kill the devil. And it's like, look, artists are still permitted to be artists, even if you don't agree with their, you know, how they're expressing themselves. Even if you, if someone finds it personally defensive, it's still a country where we celebrate free expression, even if that expression is someone else's experience and the way they choose to, you know, uh, uh, communicate that experience is controversial because maybe they're dealing with pain or maybe they're dealing with. Uh, you know, words that have been said to them that they want to figure out a way to contextualize through their art. I'm just saying, like, it's more nuanced than, like, 
Oh, man, I guess we're just, you know, going to take a break from award ceremonies now for a quick sat satanic ritual. Like, it, it, it's more nuanced than that, you know? Interesting. Is there interest? I think, too, like, I just want to say this. is like, I didn't yeah. see this, so I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't aware of this. But also, as, like, grown-ups, if you have these strong feelings about stuff like that, guess what you can do? Not you watch it. You cannot watch it. Vote I mean, with you know, your like, dollars. Vote with your you eyes. You cannot watch it, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I, I also think that if so, if someone is greatly offended by that, also like you don't have to watch it, but you can also hold the tension of like, oh, but I can also see like Mavericks playing there, or they're an artist, and we live in a free country where you can do whatever you want. So it, it is like this: like, how do you hold that tension of like, say that you don't want to promote the Grammy, then just don't, you know, and that's okay. But you don't have to look at someone else. And say like, oh, you must not be a Christian because you watch the Grammys. Guess what? By you posting the clip and saying this is so bad, you just are the best promotional arm for the Grammys there is. Like the best way to not to 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 let them know how you feel is to just totally ignore it. But that's really hard because people like to have opinions, mm -hmm. you know. So all that yeah. to say, Derek Minor love the Grammys and worship Satan. All right. We have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Coming up later. <laughs> uh, we talked to Dante Stewart. He's a pastor and a writer. Uh, he is a leading voice in the conversation of the church and racial justice. It's an important topic and uh, we're excited to have him on today. Uh, we also, at the end of the show, you do not want to miss this game. It's called Worship or Wooing where we're going to give you a lyric and you have to guess whether it's from a worship song or a romance song or a love song. Oh, I love this. That's coming up at the end of the show. But stay tuned right now. Up next, it's Slices. Sing the girl house. The song is Cool Guy. They wrote that about me. <laughs> Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. So um, I know we, we're just coming off Super Bowl weekend and uh, a lot of a lot of people are, are, are talking football. We don't usually cover sports on this show, but there is a sports adjacent story that mm. I really want all of your feedback on mm. because I found this totally fascinating. Um, uh, Aaron Rodgers, he is uh, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Is he still in the league? Dude. He hasn't retired yet? Still in the league. He's, uh, he's 38, 39 years old, somewhere around there. So he's coming up on the end of his career. Mm -hmm. uh, he's still, if he stays in the league, he still stands to make a few hundred million. Uh, it's over $100 million left on his oh, contract. Okay. But that he's I'll getting, stay in the he, league for that. He's, he, he's getting older. Uh, you know, football is a brutal sport. And 
you know, and his relationship with the Packers has not been great. And so he's at a crossroads where he can either stay in the league, try to get a trade. He could retire and or he could, you know, figure out some kind of buy. He's at a crossroads in his life. And like I said, he's kind of an interesting guy. He's known for being a little bit eccentric in some of his media appearances. You know, he publicly has talked about doing like an ayahuasca retreat where, you know, he, he oh, okay. you know, tried to uh, uh, dabble with like DMT and psychedelics to try to just get clarity in his life. He seems like someone who's constantly searching. He looks for like ways. a hippie. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. he, he really does. Yeah. And but but and he's very open about his he he's he's someone you may remember a couple years ago, he him and Rob Bell became really good friends. They were palling mm -hmm. around together. Rob Bell watched the Super Bowl with him a couple years in a row. Like what? he's he's a spiritual searcher, Aaron Rodgers, if nothing mm -hmm. else, uh, in addition to being a multi time MVP in the NFL. Well, he was recently on uh, a, um, a, a podcast and he started talking about uh, what his plans are to try to get clarity for this next season of life. And he's going to do a retreat, but it's called a darkness retreat. And it's four days and you go to this, you know, kind of retreat place, which he described as like a, a very small house. Um, and it is absolute darkness. And uh, you are delivered food through like a slot in the door, but there's no noise. There is absolute silence, absolute darkness. He said, you know, there is like, you know, because people had a lot of questions. So there is like a bathroom. You kind of have to feel your way there. Like some people who do these where I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, like adult diapers in some cases. But the whole point is complete isolation, complete sensory deprivation for the course of a week. A week? And, or, or the course of four days. I'm sorry, four days. Um, that And four nights. And the idea is that when you emerge four days and four nights later, uh, you will have had, you know, this really profound experience to get clarity in your life by silencing any stimulation. Um, I thought this was absolutely fascinating and, and weird and kind of cool. Like I know sound like a scary movie to me. It sounds, yeah, but I think different personalities would deal with it different ways, but the, I was, it also made me think about the principle of fasting, which is one that I feel like in the Christian tradition is is a way of depriving yourself of something in an effort to kind of get clarity from God. But I also feel like fasting has sort of fallen out of like, I never hear it talked about really, which isn't indicative of anything other than maybe just the circles I run in. You know, like that's an anecdotal sort of reference point. But I do feel like there is, there is like Jesus went to the desert for, and didn't eat or drink for what, 30 days? Like the core of what wasn't it forty? Yeah, forty days. Yeah. yeah, the core of what Aaron, what Aaron Rodgers wants to do in this darkness retreat is, I feel like, principled in an idea that we see throughout Scripture. I, I, I don't I don't know what he believes in terms of God or faith. He didn't mention anything kind of about that being an element. But what do you guys think about this idea of a darkness retreat? I, I'm kind of just interested in takes around the table on this. Worst Jamie, nightmare. You, what, what's Worst your first nightmare. thought? Really? Good. Worst nightmare. Uh, solitude trips, silence things. I'm out. I, I just, it's, it's not fun for me. I don't like it. My husband's the exact opposite. Like he's like yearning to go someplace alone for like two days and just like be silent. And I do not like that. The, the, there's a reason why uh, solitary confinement and isolation and deprivation of any stimulation is the worst form of criminal pun punishment. 
You know what I mean? Like but, this, but that's but that's involuntary. But that's involuntary isolation. Like this is a period where you're vol because he said the door's unlocked. You can walk out whenever yeah. you want. But 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 the the but you but it, like I said, Jesus himself chose isolation in preparation for his ministry. It, it can be a form of punishment, but it can be a form of 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 you know some sort of like spiritual discipline that people. He had company out. out there. He was talking to Satan left and right. You know, Satan was uh, trying to. Tempt what? Well, so he was trying to tempt him, I, and he was like saying no, thank you, and all this stuff. It's so not he was company though. He wasn't alone. <laughs> Jesse, I think this for me personally. Yeah. <laughs> for me personally, it sounds like miserable. I would never choose it, but I do yeah. see that I see value in it. Like that's that's not. I'm not saying I see no value in it. Now, Aaron Rodgers, yeah. like he can do whatever he wants, and anyone can do that. But I do see value in like getting away shutting out noise. People do that all the time. I'm going off social media. I'm going to go away for all day today and I'm going to spend some time hiking and praying and that kind of is the same thing. And so you do get clarity and open up to hear from God. I don't know what he's opening up to hear from, but I see value in it, but I don't want to go into any darkness retreat for four days. Isn't it interesting though that so many of these people who are, they have everything, they're incredibly wealthy, successful, whatever, but if there's a, like a spiritual restlessness in them. Mm-hmm. So many of them, I'm thinking of Russell Brand and others that turn to, you know, psych- psychedelics and and things like this to try and have a spiritual experience. You know, like they're the more they have, the more they realize it's not fulfilling and they're searching for something that will actually substantively impact their lives. And it's interesting to watch watch this happen. And it's interesting that he's being so open about it, you know. I think it should be celebrated, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I, I think people have different kind of moral ideas about psychedelics and, and, and things like that, which I get and I think are valid concerns. But at the same time, I think we should live in a culture that absolutely celebrates spiritual searching because mm-hmm. there is a biblical principle that says, seek and you will find. Mm-hmm. You know, knock and I will answer. Like, there, there aren't stipulations to that. Like God in, in the Holy Spirit re- re- frequently rewards people who genuinely seek after greater truth. Derek, you jump in. Time out, bro. He's not taking psychedelics in this thing, is he? No, no, but he has. No, not, he, he has. has. Yeah, he, has. Like, he has. He has. That's one I of was his like, that's but, definitely a horror movie. No but, lights. No, nothing. Yeah, this like, psychedelics. Psychedelics. Like, you just see like you feel cockroaches all over you in the dark. <laughs> oh well, he did say he did say from people he talked to that it simulates after a while. It you, you start hallucinating and you start having a similar experience as oh. people Why? Why who experiment no. with like psilocybin. No. Because no. because it's access. <laughs> but hold on, I want to keep my brain. I want to see what's actually here. I don't want it to play tricks on me. I don't. But want it is actually there. It's 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 in your head. I mean, no. it's, it's it's got to originate from somewhere. I, I, all I'm saying, I, I'm not encouraging anyone to, to you know, dr- to take a bunch of mushrooms or something. That's not what I'm doing. Please, all I'm I heard saying, you say. That's what I thought you said, Jesse. No. You, I, you <laughs> before you joined Derek at the Grammys to watch the Satan uh, worship yeah, you service, are... you took mushrooms. That's what you're trying yeah, to don't, finally don't confess. Don't you guys me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just think, I, I, I just think that like... It, having a culture even if even if like uh maybe going a little far getting right, weird right. here or there like people are willing to go to incredible incredible lengths right to get spiritual clarity but isn't right? it, it and, interesting though that that but that that facsimile 
spiritual experience is something that Satan is using to twist and distort something that is built into all of us, a spiritual yearning, a crying out for God, God, a hole that only God can fill. And Satan is like saying, hey, but this experience over here and this experience over there kind of gives you the spiritual experience you're looking for, but it's counterfeit. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I guess we can celebrate it, but it's like, we need to like, Talk to Aaron well, about. I, I just truth. don't think being off LSD with no lights is a, is a recipe for success. Yeah, I, I, again, like I'm not, I'm not <laughs> suggesting that without God you can achieve the spirit, true spiritual alignment. It is a, like I think we all are on the same page that That's God true. is central to yeah. to that. You know, He is that experience. But what what I do think is like there is there seems to be a cultural void that the that and I, I don't want to stereotype the church, but obviously there's a moment happening right now where more mm-hmm. and more people are speaking spirit, seeking s- spiritual clarity, not through some, you know, like overnight, like little right. miracle thing. Right. They're willing to subject themselves to truly challenging experiences with the hope that they will become a better person from the inside out. That impulse, I think, is positive, even if the places they're looking aren't the places that that. I think, you know, people in the Christian tradition would look, you know, because you're saying eventually it would lead them to the truth of Jesus. Like you're saying eventually, hopefully that road would leave there. If the church does its job and by the church, I mean, big C everyday people, not necessarily the institution, not some church, right? Like, but, but I think the job of Christians is to find people who are seeking truth and with the guidance of the Holy spirit, to point them in the direction of the truth they're looking for. Like that's our role, right? Like, and I think if it starts with that impulse and there's all these people in culture that are looking at people like Aaron Rodgers that are seeking truth and saying, look, I, I'm, this isn't like, I'm going to read this book and my life's going to be better. I'm willing to subject myself to spiritual disciplines or activities that I think is going to give me clarity. That's where I feel like there's an entry point to have bigger conversations about what it could look like in sort of the, the uh, you know, a biblical approach, you know, Look, the Bible is clear. It says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So I list Jesse. I totally agree with you. My only pushback is against doing LSD with Good. sensory deprivation. Like just <laughs> as long as you could do it. If you do one or the other, like if you go to spirit, I'm just saying just for your yeah. sanity's sake. Don't do both at the same time. Like but maybe he might don't. see Jesus walk into that dark cabin. No, not off LSD with no dark <laughs> with darkness. That ain't finna happen. Ain't I mean, you do hear it. you do hear a lot of stories of these people that go out, you know, to Joshua Tree and they have uh-huh. some sort of psychedelic experience that they have a spiritual encounter and an enlightenment moment, and it actually opens up their heart and mind to the reality of God. You know, like God, they yeah. come back and go, "No, God is real." You know, I was like, well, I was a skeptic well, before. Well, that, if, if anyone, you know, has concerns, so I'm saying do a little research about the history of the Desert Fathers. And, mm. you know, there are they and, and actual Christian mystics in church mm-hmm. history yeah. that, you know, mm-hmm. some of them. And I, again, I'm not endorsing this, but you can go people can go read about it. There are sects of them that, you know, experimented with psychedelics as mm-hmm. a sort of sacrament Just because see. it was thought it could enhance their. We're not talking about sex. I, I heard him. He's talking about sex. He said, "There's sex." Well, he says, "Sacrament." No, he said, "S E C T S." I was joking. Oh, yeah, sex of the of the, the desert fathers and and, and that that legitimately embraced this sort <laughs> of like Christian mysticism. I'm, yeah, I'm just saying, there's a precedent for it that's interesting. So you're that's saying, all. sex and drugs 
will lead people to Jesus in the desert, is, is in the, oh desert, in the dark. Gosh. That's exactly what I'm Delete the and, whole and episode. And it's even better if you're listening right to Sam Smith the entire time. You know, oh, if you have on your AirPods. On a loop. Delete Filter into Matt City every once in a while. Everybody at home, I am so sorry that you have been subjected to this. I'm and not people don't understand this. sarcasm. It's Jamie, Ivy, and Jesse, and Cameron. They <laughs> don't have nothing to do with me because I know somehow I'm going to get blamed. <laughs> You're going to get DM. blamed. So look, I'm just Derek y'all endorses know. the Grammys and the relevant Derek. podcast. He's okay with all the profane stuff. All right. What do you have, uh, Jamie? We're in okay, slices well, still. Speaking of, this is, this is coming into a football podcast all of a sudden, but speaking of football, I know the Super Bowl was on Sunday and um, I read an article, actually, you guys are covering it relevant, actually, about in the state of Tennessee, they're trying to make the Monday after the Super Bowl a Super Bowl Monday holiday. Mm-hmm. Derek, I that's your it. state. How you feel about I love this? It. Let's go. I, anytime that I get to take off of work, well, I mean, I work for myself, but anytime that yeah. uh, the normal man could take off from work, I'm with it. Let's do it after Monday. Let's do it. Well, you know why they it. said they, it? I was. They said that Oh, sorry, that 16 million Americans are expected to skip work the day after the Super Bowl and 8 million are expected to ask for the day off in advance. And so right. they're saying there's our we're, it's going to affect our workforce anyways. No one's going to work on Monday. And here's the good news, guys. I'm for this. He wants to replace Columbus Day with Super Bowl Monday, which I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, Run it up. that sounds like a great idea to me. Mm-hmm. Run it up. He, I love it. I think, I think, it's think that's awesome. The, the data is true. It's like too. it's something like half, oh, forty to fifty percent of the American workforce does not go to work the Monday after Super Bowl. Like yeah. it, it's just proven now. So why not just make it a holiday? You can't add an extra free bank holiday. So let's take Columbus Day away. Perfect. I love it. Done. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Go Tennessee. Look at Tennessee leading the way. Go Tennessee, Tennessee leading the way. We are leading the way in the things that count. <laughs> there you go. You know I mean? There you we go. Leading the way in the things that count. All right. What do you have, Derek? Uh, Yeah. So one third of millennials still rely on their parents to help with bills. Oh, gosh. Millennials being (laughs) 27 to 40 years old. Actual millennials. The millennial millennials. Yeah. 27 to 40 is millennials. 27 to 42. 27 is the lowest entry bar to be. Look, if the parents are offering, what's the what's the big deal? (laughs) Yeah. But but like more than 10 percent was the parents pay their rent. Like, it's not like no. they're paying again, Netflix. Again, again, if my parents were like, hey, hey, we're going to hook you up. You're 42 years more. old and you need your parents to pay your rent? I don't need to, but if they're offering. Jesse, Jesse, we're not saying like, oh, oh, I'm down on my luck. Yeah. I need a little help this month. Right. We are talking about auto draft. Yeah. They never. This bill they is never, being auto draft yeah. monthly out of your account. 35% of adults judging. have at least one bill that's still on their parents' tab. Isn't that With crazy? Groceries. But here's, here's the crazy part about it. With that, yet, despite not managing all of their expenses, 85% of the respondents consider themselves to be financially responsible. With, 30, uh, with 65% considering having a good credit score what? as an indicator of financial Derek, responsibility. What, <laughs> what could be more financially responsible? Than, than having your parents telling, pay your bills. Than, <laughs> than, than not reminding your parents like, hey, I'm still on your cell phone. Plan. Yeah. <laughs> because you know they ain't looking. They ain't they ain't look. They don't even have to check. Right? Like half of them can't even log in to, to their provider. They, if they don't know, what that seems financially irresponsible. Okay. If you just... 
there's definitely some parents that don't even know. Oh, they're right. just paying like their cell phone bill every month yep, and they sure. don't even know that their three kids who are for 40 sure. and 37 <laughs> with three children are they're paying their own cell phone. I right. had a friend who had a gas card, real quick, had a gas card from right. their parents' business or whatever. And they kept that thing deep in the 20s. And I was like, are your parents still cool with it? He's like, I don't even know if they know I still have it. All I know is I use it to fill my tank. And hey, well, I'm not going to stand in the way of that. All right, here's the, here's the counterpoint to your, your point on that being financially responsible. So look, another factor behind young adults staying on their parents' bill is due to delay in pursuing financial responsibility. 73% of respondents said they opened their first bank account by 25. What? 50%, what? 50% struggle. Yes. 50% struggle with limiting unnecessary spending and 45% struggle with budgeting for unexpected expenses and 40% struggle to remember to pay bills on time. So no, this is not, this is not the gas card thing. This is I'm living my life and mama and daddy don't want me to go under, so they just go ahead and take the bill for me. Wow. That's what that is. First bank account by 25 years old. My daughter's 15 and has a bank account. Like, this is, if you're babysitting, you need a bank account. What people need to remember is, like, we're talking millennials. Millennials are, by definition, 27 to 40 two or 44 it's not kids right it's not yeah. kids that's what i'm saying yeah. like gen z is yeah. up to 26 now but like that's crazy to me that uh, how a third or whatever is still receiving financial support from their parents and they're straight up 30s that is just good for them <laughs> <laughs> good for them but i am All not right. gonna lie if i if i still had a card of my parents yeah. and they didn't know it and ever once in a while i filled up my tank of gas i think i would still do it just because I'm like, oh, I guess my parents are just okay. They're just kind. Look, okay, my my in laws are living like New York, New Jersey area, and there's a lot of tolls, and so they have e easy passes on their car. I have one toll in my area, and I use and they said, hey, just use our easy pass, so I don't have to worry about it because I only go through it once in a while. I'm not going to turn that down. I'm not, I, it's just see, it's like a dollar fifty. Why can't you just get your? It own? costs ten dollars to go across the Bay Bridge Tunnel. Ten wow. each way. It's, wow. If you want to go back and forth, these shorts twenty bucks. So you need your parents to pay that. Thanks, Russ and Yvonne. Appreciate that easy pass. <laughs> well, Russ and Yvonne volunteered, so he's like, I'm not going to turn. That's that what down. I'm saying. What, 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 what's the difference? Jesse it's a matter is, of scale. Jesse is literally part of this study. He is literally a millennial <laughs> getting I'm support. Doing, I'm, I'm doing everything wrong. That's right. I'm doing, every, I'm doing everything. Wrong. Everything. Pass, okay. Is, I'm, it's all wrong. We're family. I'm doing it all wrong. We're family. I'm doing it all wrong. All right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Dante Stewart joins us. You're listening to Soccer Mommy. The song is Shotgun. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, 
and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Well, our guest today is Dante Stewart. He's a pastor in Augusta, Georgia, and a writer who's been published in The Atlantic, The New York Times, CNN, and a lot more. Uh, he sat down with downtown Emily Brown to discuss the reality of racial justice in America today and how the church can move forward united in love and justice. Here's our conversation with Dante Stewart. It just really seems like everything that you fight for and you advocate for is really coming from a place of love, not to like discredit anyone else's advocacy, but there are times where you can tell it's coming from different places. I just always appreciate that yours comes from truly just you love God's people and you want them to be healthy and whole and living. Um, And so I'm just curious, like, how do you make sure that you're always everything you say and do and you advocate for is coming from that place of love? I don't know if it's necessarily, I'm always cognizant of, I'm doing this out of love. You know, I'm doing it because it feels right. You know, and I'm doing it because my soul testified that something must be said or done. You know, I'm doing what I do because I know what God has done for me. I'm doing what I do because I know the type of people that I come from. My granddaddy who passed, uh, in 2022, who passed last year, God rest his soul. Uh, my granddaddy uh, would have to walk miles and miles and miles as a young kid uh, because they wouldn't send school buses to where he lived. Uh, and then when it came time for the Voting Rights Act to be passed and the news got down to those rural communities in the South, my granddaddy would gather up people uh, inside of his truck and take them to go vote, to be registered to vote. Uh, my granddaddy also was someone who would go uh, to the school board meetings and raise hell, you know, about the ways that, you know, they were not taking care of children or families that look like him, you know, and things like that. So, you know, I don't know if my granddaddy was always conscious of saying, you know, I love, I, 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 I'm a person of love. I want to do this, you know, out of love, you know, I want to do it because it's right. And, and, and oftentimes I do it until I feel love. I don't do it from love. I do it until, you know, I think I think love is not necessarily about disposition, but it's also particularly about, you know, a sort of type of destiny and endurance uh, and, and a direction. So it is when for me, I'm trying to uh, live as whole as possible, trying to do the things that make my soul come alive, as uh, Reverend Katie Cannon would say. I'm trying to, you know, share stories that are oftentimes marginalized. Uh, I'm trying to write creative things and do creative things and and be a dependable presence, as Rowan Williams would suggest in his book, Being Christians. I want to be a dependable presence in this world. And that I don't know. I'm not always conscious of, OK, hey, I'm I'm loving, you know, you know, this person, because oftentimes one does not love a person or a thing they don't know. You know, so it's hard to say, OK, I'm doing this out of love, but I am doing this because it's the right thing to do. I've just always noticed like 
the way that you just discuss things that you can just it to me it is very evident that you are doing things from love um and so i kind of love that it's it's not necessarily a conscious effort it really is just like an overflow of your character and who you are it just it does come off as very loving so um thank you and i do try i do try to be that yeah. i'm not gonna lie i do try to be loving i ain't gonna lie you know because i do think that like so many people have been so hurt by the mm-hmm. church um you know one of my friends jason um said this and it never it never left me that he said oftentimes when he was a youngin growing up in dc uh, and would go to church and, and do poetry nights at church and things like that. Church for him was a place where his faith didn't come to live, but oftentimes it was a place where his faith came to mm-hmm. die. And I think we as Christians, you know, take for granted how often people experience that, um, whether it be on social media, whether it be in real life, whether it be, you know, just in our friendships and our social networks. Um, oftentimes the experience have been where Christians have not been people where people's faith can come alive, uh, but where their faith goes to die. And I think we as Christians should do, try and do a better job of being good in the world. You know, there's a, there's that theology that says, that suggests there's no good thing in human beings. I just don't believe that. Uh, uh, when we don't believe, as, as my Angela would say, you, you tell somebody, you know, they are nothing. They're worth nothing. They account for nothing. Then eventually they're going to believe it. You tell Christians long enough, there is no one good. There is nothing good that can come from human beings unless the spirit makes it alive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then Christians will believe it, that they cannot be good in the world. And I wonder if that's the case for so many of us. We have believed the theology that, that, that would say there is nothing good that can come from you. Therefore, good does not come from us. And that we as Christians need to reframe that and be better and be good be the good people that God wants us to be. I think putting things on, um, I think so many people, they want to see things happen at an institutional level because they know it'll force things to happen, but um, we don't get there without, like you said, or a lot of it starts with individual slowly getting momentum and and growing in these groups and stuff. So, um, I don't know. I think that's a good perspective to have. Cause like I said, I just know a lot of people, they want change to happen, but I think they want it to happen at the institutional level without having to do some individual work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't think anything is wrong with that. Really? I, I really don't. I, I think, I think that's actually good to want change at the institutional level, because when you look at the history of America, the history of America has been a history of people wanting change at an institutional level. And that fueled individuals on an individual level uh, to accomplish things in their own local places. Uh, or now, as we exist in the digital world, that allow us to kind of create change in our own kind of digital and social environments. And so I think that it's good and right to want institutional change. I want institutional change. I don't want a cop to be able to kill me at, at will. I don't want people to have their health care taken away or people's choices to be limited. I And that's an institutional mm-hmm. thing. Like, like it's just like, uh, uh, I think... Um, uh, it was Kwame Ture, uh, 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 formerly known as Stokely Carmichael, uh, who said, you know, if a white man wants to lynch me, that's his problem. 
But if a white man has the power to lynch me, that's my mm. problem. Racism is not is not about attitudes. It is about power. And to, to go even further, power isn't just about individual choice or individual relations. Power is about what inst the space institutions give individuals to function within the world. So I think individuals need to want institutional change so that our individual lives can be better institutionally. Mm -hmm. You know, so I want my child to live. Right. I want a Tatiana Jefferson to live. I tell you, these people are dead because institutions have given individuals too much power. And so we want them to be to be alive and be protected. I don't want my kids to have curriculum like taken away from him to learn about people who look like him. I don't want white kids to have the, the ability to become more loving taken away from them. That is an institutional problem. And I think we, we should want institutional change. Nothing is wrong with that. Uh, I think I think it's a blending of both. Um, I don't think it's a binary. I think it's a blending of, of, of both. It's like Jesus. You know, Jesus both individually healed people, but also drove people out of the temple. Jesus both defied Roman occupation and power, but also invested deeply in the lives of his disciples. And so we see this theology really in history, this tradition of, you know, the political and the spiritual, you know, the social and the, the kind of church wise, whatever. You know, there is, a there, I think we as, human beings and especially people of faith should find a way to integrate not not try and find like a balance oh is somebody doing too much of this or do I say integration you know we want to be we want to live whole lives so therefore we have to have a whole ethic that was Dante Stewart make sure to check out his book Shouting in the Fire, an American epistle, available now. All right, stay tuned up next. It's the game, Worship or Ruling. Listening to Fum Viferit, the song is Healing House. Today's show is brought to you in part by The Chosen. Season four of The Chosen is coming to theaters nationwide on February 1st, and this season has everything clashing kingdoms, rival rulers, and when they're threatened by the reality of Jesus' growing influence, religious leaders do the unthinkable, choose to ally themselves with the Romans. As the seeds of betrayal are planted and opposition to Jesus' message turns violent, he's left with no alternative but to demand his followers rise up. So get ready, relevant podcast listeners. February 1st is the big release day. Go get your tickets now at thechosenriseup.com. Okay, it's time for Worship or Wooing. Worship or Wooing. Uh, Valentine's Day is upon us, so we wanted to do a game that was love-themed. And so uh, here's the intro that Emily wrote. It's no secret that many worship songs could double as love songs and vice versa. 
It's not a total surprise. God is love after all. Uh, but some of the lyrics and worship songs that dang- uh, get dangerously close to crossing the line from being a holy praise filled to song to being a declaration of love to well anyone you want. Yeah, the whole Jesus is my boyfriend thing. Uh, in honor of the day of love being upon us, we decided to play a game where you will have to figure out if this line is from a worship song or a love song. I'll read a lyric out loud to each of you to guess. We'll play a few rounds, see who knows their worship from their love. Here we go. Uh, Jesse, you're up first. Here's the lyric. Your love is one in a million. It goes on and on and on. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that's a, that's a love song to a romantic interest. It's Aaliyah. Correct. There you go. Oh. Too much. There's a lot of body rolling on this. If y'all saw, yep. if y'all saw the comments. <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot, a lot of body rolling if y'all were watching. All right, Derek, you're up. Here we go. Your fragrance is intoxicating in our secret place. Oh, wow. I mean, secret place sounds like worship songs. So your fragrance is intoxicating in our secret place. Not so you're saying worship? Man. Sounds like the cover of a Valentine's Day card right there. That sounds like that sounds like a socially awkward person trying to talk about God. Uh, okay. It's casting crowns. It's a worship song. Wow. Casting crowns. There you go. You guys, you guys are both right. All right. You're up, Jamie. Your voice is warm and tender. A love that I could not forsake. That's definitely a worship song. Celine Dion. Is that Celine Dion? The power of love. The power of love. Wow. Okay. Wow. All right. Round one is done. Uh, Help me out with the score, uh, Jason. But it's it's Jesse and Derek have one point. Here we go. Uh, Round two, two points each. Here we go. Jesse, you're up. People think I'm crazy the way I'm acting lately. That's true. I'm crazy about you. That sounds that sounds like romance to me. People think I'm crazy for the way I'm at Chris Tomlin. That's Chris Tomlin. Chris Tomlin. Chris Tomlin says Christian song. <laughs> what is it like Chris Tomlin gone country? What was that? I don't know. Yeah. I've never heard what that in my life. What was that? Please never play it again. <laughs> never. All right. Dude, you know, Chris Tomlin, like, what was it, five years ago? You know, the CCLI, there was one year that the CCLI paid out $20 million of licensing for worship artists from the Sunday mm-hmm. services and stuff. $15 million of the $20 say, million yeah. was earned by Chris Tomlin that year. Run it up. No Crazy. Doubt. Run it up. He can do all the country he wants. That man there can you go. country mm-hmm. all the way to the bank. Yeah, why not? Yep. All right. Run it up. Derek, you're up. Here we go. Uh, these are two points. Lay back against you and breathe. Feel your heartbeat. This love is so deep. It's more than I can stand. I want it to be a romance song because that just made me uncomfortable when he's talking about God. <laughs> so we going to say it's a romance song. It's a worship song by Hannah McClure. Hannah, you was in your bag on that one. I don't know what bag you was in, but you was in it. Good she gracious. just came out in four day darkness retreat. She's like, oh man, <laughs> off the LSD. <laughs> All right, Jamie, you can take the lead if you get this one right. Here we I'm go. I'm ready. Mm. I'm going to take the lead right now. In a way, I know my heart is waking up as all the walls come tumbling down. 
That's definitely a worship song. Straight to Jesus. Tearing down the walls. In a way I know my Faith Hill. Breathe. Faith Hill. As all the walls she got you. Faith got you. That does sound like a worship song, though. Yeah. That's funny. Mm-hmm. All right, round three. These are worth that's three points each. The same writers. <laughs> that's right. It <laughs> it's is. All the same writers. It is. Yeah, that's funny. All right, here we go. Jesse, these are worth three points each. Here we go. How deep is your love? Is it like the ocean? Pull me closer again. Uh, I feel like it's it's a worship song, but I'm going to go against my gut and say it's a romance one. I feel like mm-hmm. this is a trick one. How deep is your love? Calvin Harris. Is this to, to be fair, even mm-hmm. even that, I can be like, that's young and free. Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. Like, yeah, young and free for a while. They can that put was out young like, and free. Uh, yeah, you're like a melody in my head that I can't get out every day. No, 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 no. Like yeah. my eyes pod stuck on replay. If they put that out, I'd be like, that's that's pretty catchy worship jam you got there. Yep. All right, Derek, you're up. Here we go. Three points each. I want to know you more. I want to touch you. <laughs> we go go with awkward worship song for ten, Alex. <laughs> You're right. Sonic Flood. Uh, oh my God! <laughs> worship that's song. When I started, that's when I started following Jesus. This is this is what kind of music I was worshiping to. She was drawn in by the whole. Thing. Oh, I, I get that. to touch yeah. him. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jamie, you're up three points each. Here we go. Uh, raise to God. I promise. No, I have zero points. I have zero points, and I'm the only one on this panel married to someone who writes worship, worship songs. songs. So Come on, really yep. Come on. Raise my hands. Paint my spirit gold and bow my head. Keep my heart slow. So every time I have heard, I've had faith. I've had Celine Dion. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and say this is a romantic song. I'm gonna, I'm gonna step out here. Oh. Mumford and Sons. Yes. You know that I, I was at a Mumford and Sons concert, and like, like when the crowd sings that with their hands out, it is a worship. It feels song. like worship, yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, all right. Uh, so we got four, 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 and three. No, you're at three. Okay. That was three pointer. So four, four, and three. Pointers, okay. Last round. These are worth five points each. So it's still anybody's game. Here we go. Jesse, I'm desperate for you. I'm lost without you. Definitely worship. Passion, I think. And I- Paul McClure. I remember. It is a worship yeah. song. Yep. <laughs> I love that song. Bring I it do. back. That's a good song. All right. Yeah. Uh, Derek, you're up. Five points each. Here we go. As I feel your touch, you bring your freedom to all that's within. Romance. Mm. It's worship. Matt Redman. You bring the freedom. Yeah, Matt Redman. There you go. Pour out my heart. It's a song. All right, Jamie, here we go. Everywhere I'm looking now, I'm surrounded by your embrace. This 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 is gonna be worship. I'm going with worship. Beyonce. Baby, 
Halo. Okay. Well, Jesse, you won. Big time. I got good way job, more. Jesse. We could we could keep Thank going. You. This is great. I mean, literally, I've got like five more rounds. Bring it back. I love it. Yeah. 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 So it was called Worship or Wooing. Yeah, we will definitely do uh, round two next week. That was a lot of fun. And there's a lot more to go. So um, great job, Emily and Jason. <laughs> okay. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Dante Stewart for joining us. Make sure to check out his book, Shouting in the Fire, an American Epistle. It's out now. Uh, and check out, if you go to his website, DanteStewart.com, it lists like, He's written a lot. <laughs> you should you should go check it out. He's an amazing writer. Um, all right. Listen, while you're online, you're checking stuff out, go check out relevantmagazine.com. Uh, if you like this podcast and don't like all the ads, well, guess what? That's how it pays for it. That's how we pay for it. If you don't want the ads, that's fine too. There's another way to pay for it. You can sign up for Relevant Plus. So Relevant Plus is our ad-free content experience or ad-free membership you get this podcast ad-free you get an exclusive subscriber podcast each week you get ad-free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com our uh, enhanced digital edition and more throughout this year uh plan start as low as 250 a month we think you like it also uh you can find you can find out all the info by clicking the relevant plus tab there at relevantmagazine.com while you're at the site make sure to check out our um issue 111 digital issue we are working on our uh, issue 112 right now i'm very excited about how it's shaping up i uh, can't wait for you to see it but if you haven't gotten experienced uh, 111 yet you should it's got an amazing cover story with mia and a whole lot more content you want to not miss it um if you want to stay in touch with what we're doing, follow us on all the socials. And you can also sign up for our daily newsletter right there on the homepage at relevantmagazine.com. We send you our top five trending stories to your inbox every weekday morning. It's a great way to stay in touch with what we're doing. Just the best of the best. Cutting out all that riffraff. Just the top five. Okay. And that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. We will see you guys on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com It's theatrics. Relevant Podcast Network. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.